You have reached the voice message box of Norm Augustinus. Leave a message. End of messages. He wishes he could have killed his grandmother. His mother says everything he touches turns to shit. He's been to jail, spent 24 hours in a mental institution, and unsuccessfully tried to kill himself three times. And now, live via the internet, abso-fucking-looting-free, Norm Augustinus. So recently, <coughs> the male lady came to my door. Now, when I say the male lady, as you may or may not know, I live on 100 acres up in upper northern Michigan, in the middle of nowhere. I have one acre of manicured grass that I take care of because I'm a private pilot and I have an airplane, but the other 99 acres are all fucking woods. Now, abutting up to those woods are more state land, just woods on top of woods, rivers, streams, lakes, creeks dunes, fucking unlimited forest. That's how Michigan is. But I live in the middle of nowhere, and I'm about two-thirds of a mile off of the main street. You have to drive down a dirt road, private road, to get to my house. So the mail lady comes down that road whenever I have a package that's being delivered by the U.S. mail, and she comes to the door. When she comes to the door, I can tell that she's turned on to me because she's come to the door a lot of times and she's turned on to me. And why wouldn't she be? I'm out in the middle of nowhere. She's driving around on a fucking bouncy piece of shit U.S. mail truck. She wears glasses. There's a glass windshield. Most of her life is looking through glass like a fucking voyeur, like an observer on the other side of the zoo looking at three fucking monkeys and a zebra and they're all fucking and they're all watching through glass like a like a visitor. That's what her life is being spent, she, as spent at with. She comes to my door. She says, hi, Norm. Now, I thought we had the kind of relationship that I could say things to her because she's been delivering the mail here for some time. She knows the kind of mind I have. So we have sort of an open ability. I thought I had a visa to be able to talk to her whatever way I wanted to talk, and I gave her the same courtesy. Somewhere in the delivering of the package, she says to me, we're talking about romance, and that she's going to find romance. And I tell her, you're not going to find romance, Evelyn, because you're 52 fucking years old. There's no romance in some bitch that's 52 years old. I'm sorry. I'm not going to wine and dine some chick 52. Nobody in her right fucking mind is going to do that. Why? Because there hasn't been an egg inside her cunt in 10 or 15 years. Just a bunch of fucking rotting parts in there. If you looked inside her cunt, you'd see ovaries that look like... A, you ever see a baseball glove, a leather mitt? They have it all sewed together with big hunks of leather, leather-like string. And that's what her fucking ovaries look like. Her cervix looks like a baseball with a cover missing and the holes closed. Her vulva's all beat up from taking a cock and hips hitting it for many, many years. There's no romance for a chick like that. There's not going to ever be romance for a girl like that. There's no romance. I tell her this. I say, you know, Evelyn, romance to me is being able to pay my bills. And she got a bit irritated by that. 
She started telling me how she wanted to walk, walk around tree-lined canals eating Gouda cheese somewhere. I don't know where. She had dreamed about stuff like this with a man. Nobody could do that. That's why the dildo was invented. The dildo was invented because the bitch is insatiable, and men invented the dildo. It goes way back. I live in the middle of nowhere, and they say that there's an Apache Indian tribe in here that came from out west way back in the 1800s when they were being persecuted by the white man, and they live up here in the woods. And I have found traces of dildos uh, that I think are hand-carved from their for their fucking squaws. Squaws have urges just like fucking white women. I think these are old dildos that the squaws couldn't use anymore, and they toss them out in the woods. I come across all kinds of squaw dildos up here that are hand-carved by Comanches. I believe that to be true. So Evelyn comes to the house. She knocks on the door. Of course, she's turned on. The bouncing seat bouncing up and down. The springs in the seat. The dreams all gone. The, the fucking everything possible that she's ever dreamed never really happened. It's all been an illusion. And now she's in this truck looking through glass and eyeglasses and turned on and her bouncing ovaries and her fucking anus and all that. The torso of a female, if it's bounced around enough, it thinks that there's a possibility of dick nearby because it thinks, why is that all my parts moving? Someone's getting me in position, and I'm going to get a dick, and it gets really excited. I'm getting a dick. I'm getting a dick. That's what the torso says. Any chick in any kind of transportation vehicle is turned on through the whole damn shift. I know this to be true. Never fucking overestimate or give a chick too much fucking credit. Most of them are turned on whenever you see them. That's what I always say in every recording. Whenever you... Bump into a woman that you know, see a woman you know, you bump into her little Caesars, you're at fucking Walmart, you're at the Salvation Army, you think you're getting a goddamn deal on some shit, and the same thing you bought at the Salvation Army is half the cost at Walmart and it's brand new. I never understood that shit. Whenever you see a chick, she can only be standing there because she's came. She came 15 minutes ago. She came an hour ago. She came five times before she came to her eight-hour shift. She couldn't be standing in front of you unless she came because they'd go out of their fucking mind. They'd go mental. They find that women who haven't fucked, who haven't had an orgasm, most of them are filling up mental institutions. This isn't a joke. It's true. Most of them are the ones committing crimes and burglaries and speeding and all kinds of stuff because they haven't came. Whenever you see a chick, just smell her fucking fingers, her pointer finger and her middle finger on each hand, and you will smell what? You'll smell a tuna boat coming into fucking Taiwan at Port 39. That's where it's coming in. There it is. So Evelyn says to me, I'm going to find romance. It's out there. And I start laughing and I say, Evelyn, you're not going to find romance. You're a tired, tired old fucking workhorse. You're a seasoned sow that nobody wants. Now fucking sail into the sunset and get lost. Nobody wants you. She got really super offended. And I thought we had the ability to talk openly like that. I thought she could see some humor in what I was saying. And I thought I was delivering it delicately enough where she would take it and swallow it down, ride around her fucking post office truck, pull down my dirt driveway, and the dust is there. And she thinks, wow, what an enriching conversation. I really feel good. This was funny. I'm glad every time I come down to see Norm, I'm super glad that I come down there because I feel good. It feels funny. It's like I got a male friend. Now, when she's standing there and she's giving them my, my mail 
and she can smell the pinconning paralyzer because I smoke it all the time in the fucking room here. If I'm not doing pinconning paralyzer, which is 97% THC, exclusively grown in Michigan, if I'm not doing that, I'm in there doing fucking mushrooms, psilocybin. I'm doing mushroom after mushroom. If I'm not doing fucking mushrooms, I'm doing heroin. If I'm not doing heroin, I'm doing fucking coke. I've got a fucking big medicine bag. It looks just like a doctor, like fucking Dr. Quinn or some shit like that. It's a leather fucking doctor's bag, and it's filled with coke and spoons and grinders and f- you name it, and scales. It's filled with all kinds of shit, the shit that I need. She asked me if she can come in and get a puff, a couple puffs of fucking weed. I said, yeah, sure. She knows that I wouldn't tell on her. I don't give a shit. Driving a fucking mail truck? What do I care? Hey, man, is this a supervisor? Yeah, I'm just calling you up to tell you that uh, your driver, she's just, she's wasted on fucking, she's just did a fucking two hits of LSD and fucking quaaludes, and now she's in your truck, and I'm just want to re- I would never do that. You might do that. Some idiot might do that that you know. So she comes in, she says, yeah, I'd like to come in. And I I said, you want to do some fucking paralyzer? And I always called P2. You want to do some P2? It's piconing paralyzer, P2. She says, yeah, I'd like to do some P2. That's great. She says, what about all the cameras that I've heard you say you have all over here? I said, yeah, there are cameras all over here, but they're for my personal protection. They're not for turning in somebody delivering the fucking mail. So she comes through the threshold of the door. She walks past the transom of the door. She goes up the fucking stoop, comes in. We're still talking about romance. She's going to find romance. She's going to find romance. She had two husbands previously. She's going to find fucking romance. And I'm trying to beat some sense into her that there is no such thing as fucking romance. It's some damn thing a woman goes into in her mind. She finds a dude with some kind of relatively amount of money or a small amount saved up and she wants to use that convert it into her idea of romance somehow at your expense well go find some fucking romance you know how much romance is in a dildo a lot think of the romance in a dildo there's designers there's engineers there's parts there's materials there's labor there's hopes dreams and doubts of all kinds of people that built that dildo now isn't there romance in a dildo sure there is Kids struggling, the kid's got a disease, the wife is unhurting, he works at the dildo factory. All kinds of shit, all kinds of stories are packed inside a dildo. And if a woman looked close enough, she'd see that a dildo is romance, and she'd say to herself, you know, I'm I'm experiencing romance right now. I love this. I'm experiencing romance. Why didn't I see this before? Norm Augustina says, help me see that there's such a thing as romance in something as simple as a dildo. And there is. There's all kinds of romance in a dildo. You know that in the Comanche Indian days, this is no lie, they would use a fucking uh, a trout, a rainbow trout. And it was particular. It had to be a rainbow trout. It had a perfect nose, nozzle, snoot, all kinds of stuff in the front of it. A Comanche Indian woman would take a rainbow trout and whack herself off with it because the trout head was perfect. It was the perfect contours to get a bitch off. Now, they wouldn't kill that trout They'd get themselves off, they'd come two or three times, they let the trout go back in the stream. However, oftentimes the trout didn't make it, be floating at the surface. You know, how much can it be submerged inside a cunhole, this big devouring machine with eggs and shit, destroys the whole planet with everything they shoot out of it? A trout couldn't survive that often, but when they did survive, they came to recognize the Comanche girl, the squaw, who whacked herself off with it and they got ready for it. They'd close her mouth, they'd pull their fins back, and they'd get ready for the fucking of a lifetime for her. 
So Evelyn comes into the house. I'm sorry I got off track there. Evelyn comes in the house. She smokes some fucking weed. While she's smoking the weed and we're talking about romance, I start massaging her mail carrier pussy. I don't mess around like you do. I know you do. I know you don't have confidence. I know you don't know where you're going to. You're like that idiot, like that song. Do you know where you're going to? Do you like the things the world is showing you? Where are you going to? Do you know? I know that's you. You don't know where you're going to, and that's good. You really shouldn't know where you're going to. You wouldn't want to keep living if you knew where you're going to. Where you're going to is a fucking state-run hospital, nursing home. That's where you're going to. You're going to be there on all fours, and there's going to be fucking just a gaggle of bitches and men who are going to rape you repeatedly in a fucking state-run hospital. If you got any jewelry, they're going to steal it. You're going to go senile if you had your fucking special encoder ring, if you had your fucking Masonic, you were uh, somebody at the Masons, and you had your gold ring. They're going to substitute that with a dollar ring that they buy off Timu.com. 50-cent fucking ring. It's just a big decline, one after another. You're going to be raped by fucking big African-American women with giant heads like basketballs that are wearing latex gloves. You're going to be raped by fucking Romanians, fucking Armenians, you name it, Chaldeans. They're all going to be in here raping you. That's your future. Hang on a second. I thought I heard a noise outside the cabin. Did you hear that echo? Sorry about that. Uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. So she comes in, and I start massaging her pussy with my fingers. Now, she's got extremely big fucking pussy lips. What's it called? A vulva or something like that. And I can see them through her mail carrier shorts. And I massage, start massaging her cunt. And you know, the minute I started massaging her cunt, while she's snorting the fucking, my doing the weed, the minute I start massaging her cunt, the whole area, it's like a light blue shorts, light blue, you know, uniform shorts. The whole area is soaking wet, and I see liquid running down both of her thighs to her mail carrier boots. All I did was touch her just for a second. This is the woman who was asking for romance. Where's the fucking romance in that? See, it's, it's just a bunch of bullshit. She's getting high, she's smoking dope, she's got her letters in her hand all covered with cocaine, and there I'm starting to massage her cunt. I say, there is no such thing as romance, Evelyn. There's no such thing as romance, Evelyn. Evelyn, there's no such thing as romance. And she kept saying, no, no, no. And eventually, the closer she got to coming, she said, you're right. There is no such thing. She could even finish her sentence. You're right. There is no such thing as... That's what she sounded like when she come. You're right. There is no such thing as... That was her coming. She couldn't even get the word romance out. She came in, delivered a package. I played with her fucking package with my hands, didn't I? She came. Where's the romance? There's no romance, Evelyn. I thought we had a good time. It was a fun thing. Now, this is the first thing, and I thought, it's going to be like a mail service company. That's what it feels like. I've breached this with her now. I've played with her cunt. She's came. She's got her shirts all soaking wet. She's got all kinds of mail out there. Most male ladies are walking around, believe it or not, they're wasted. 
They're wasted in their fucking mail carrier truck because there's cocaine all over the envelopes. There's cocaine, there's heroin, there's hashish. There's, you name it, it's on the fucking envelopes The people are sending the mail and all that. Some bitch in an office, she was snorting coke as she was doing a stamping machine, and now it's on her and she's high, she's driving her on the mail truck and she's wasted. So she comes repeatedly, and then while she's coming repeatedly, she reaches down, drops the mail, and goes for your poor correspondent schlong. Now, this isn't a, this is a fucking man show, so I'm not going to go real deep in that. I don't want to go deep in it. This is a man show. This ain't a fucking fruity show. This is a fucking man show. She drops the mail because her hands go fucking limp. And they go into some other dimension in her subconscious. They go into the pussy dick dimension in her mind. And now the hand is tooled up for holding on to something different. It was tooled up for holding on to fucking envelopes. It was tooled up for holding a package. It was tooled up for holding her scanner that I could sign and all that, and she could scan that it was delivered. It was all tooled up for that. That's how the hand works. The hand, the mind sees what it's got to pick up, and it automatically adjusts the hand to fit that item perfectly. It's custom-made. It's a custom-made tool. It's way better than Craftsman or Snap-on or anything like that. It's a custom-made tool made on the spot, like a CNC machine or some shit like that. She knew that the dick was round. She dropped the envelopes. Her hand went into the round position. The adequate amount, the needed amount, the necessary amount of strength and, and lubrication and joint fucking lubrication between the knuckles. It all turned on and she went to your correspondent schlong and she whacked me off. It was incredible. Now, when she whacked me off, I blew my load into her leather mail carrier pouch. It was around her neck. It went on an angle past her front like a fucking brownie, like a Girl Scout. And I blew my load into her pouch. And it was so beautiful because her pouch, it looked like it was leather. Probably fake fucking plastic, something like that. What do they call it? Fuck. I got all kinds of names today for fucking fake leather. But they always have the second word is leather. And I could see the cum dripping down the fake leather was artwork. It was like beautiful fucking artwork. If you've never done something like that, you should do it. There stands the mail carrier, her vaginal fluids dripping down her thighs, her entire snatch I can see is soaking wet. She's coming and she's whacking your correspondent off. I blow my load onto her mail carrier bag. It was just wonderful. I'm thinking, boy, all those hopes and dreams, desires, doubts, fears inside that bag, lawsuits and all that. And it's been decorated with the icing of Norm Augustinus's fucking sex blow. It's been decorated with that. It's like wreaths or something, like holly being designed around your fire. Look at that here. Bring out the holidays. Ding, 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 ding. It's like martini and fucking flossy. So we're still talking after we come. Now, when she comes, I've never seen nothing like this. There's like a momentary stupor, like something skipped in her head, and she's just looking at me with her mouth agape. Now, when I say agape, it's like that means the mouth is open, hanging loosely. Her mouth is agape, looking at me. Her eyes are dilated. Something happened between the dopamine and the L-dopa and the fucking serotonin. As she came, she realized, I think she might have been rewriting right there, this idea about romance. She realized that romance is fucking flying around and wanting to be waited on. That's what chicks see. That's what chicks are why they like to travel. I don't know if you like that, if you know that. 
chicks want to fucking travel because they have other people waiting on them. They have other people making their meal. They don't have to make a bed. They can pretend to be wealthy and accomplished for fucking seven days on somebody else's money. And believe me, fuckstick, it is somebody else's money. I'm traveling. I'm rich. I'm wealthy. They brought me my fucking crumpets and my soldiers. Uh, I'm fucking so goddamn wealthy. I'm fucking hotels. I'm traveling. Big damn deal. Big deal. It's nothing. All the people waiting on you, whore, hate their job. They hate waiting on you. They don't like it any more than anybody else like she would. I'm traveling. Look at me. I'm traveling. Looking out the fucking window in the plane crash. Oh, fuck. I'm traveling. I'm dead. Plane crashes. There's dildos all over the fucking place. Look at all the goddamn dildos. You never hear one thing of that printed in the press. When I was studying for a journalism degree at university, I thought I would write about all kinds of things like that until I found out and got older. They let you write about what they tell you to write about, and whatever you write about has to be whatever fucking way they slant, left or right, or there ain't no more fucking middle. But it was it had to have been something like that. I've never read one story about a fully fucking loaded plane. Will they call them heavy? I've never read one story about a 747, whatever commercial plane crashing, and them taking pictures of all the dildos that are around the plane. They were going to travel. They were going to whack off. They were going to fucking live the good life. The dildo. Don't smell a dildo. Half the time a plane goes down is because of a dildo, because of the massive amounts of dildo. The thousands of dildos in the fucking cargo hold down there, it's because the dildos, the stench of fish, screws stuff up. There's all kinds of sensors in a plane, all kinds of electronics down there. They think when it smells the fish, these sensors, there's air sensors too. They don't tell you about them. They're on the planes because they're snorting for coke and they're snorting for bombs. They have these automatic ionized, ionized detectors that can smell shit like that. These detectors smell fish. It fucks the plane up. They think the plane went underwater. They think it's crashed in the ocean and it fucks the plane up and they go down. Ladders start coming out, fucking inflatable slides coming out because of the dildos that stink of fish. They're always warning you when you get on a plane, don't turn on your electric shed. That's nothing. The dildos is what makes the plane goes down. Stink of fish, the sniffers, the electronic sniffers on a plane sniffing for dynamite and explosives. It smells that fucking fish and thinks the plane's underwater in the fucking salt water, the ocean. Screws it all up. It's all over. So... I massage her cunt, she whacks me off, and I remember blowing my load. Just for a second, my eyes rolled back, and I hope this isn't going to be a problem in the future. I hope this isn't indicative of something that's wrong with me physically. My eyes roll back, and they freeze there. They freeze, I can't get them out, like I'm having an epileptic seizure. I had one seizure like that once when I was a fucking very young over a bitch that I obsessed on for fucking two weeks looking for answers. There's no goddamn answers. My eyes rolled back when I came, and I I couldn't get them back in position. It wasn't from the pleasure or anything like that, some cliche shit like that. They rolled back, and I couldn't get my eyes to unfucking freeze When they did unfreeze, I looked at her, and she was staring off into fucking space with dilated eyes and holding on to her mail carrier bag, and her scanner was on the floor with all kinds of cum all over it, and I'm thinking, is everything a lie? Is everything a joke? Is everything a fucking mirage? Look, I just violated every possible thing there is in the world. Just now with a postal carrier, here's the real image I just broke through and got to the real image. I tore through whatever phony 
display was going on with the initial encounter and all that. This is a real goddamn thing. Holy shit. When she finally comes out of it, I remember I was massaging her temples. When she comes out of it, she like kind of, kind of just for a second, her legs give out. She didn't fall, but they give out. She said, boy, was that good. I really enjoyed that, Norm. And she kind of tried to get herself back into professional, the professionalism that she was when she came to the door. I said, great. I said, you know, we should have this conversation again. Come on over anytime. You're always welcome here. Now I said that because she had a massive cunt, the opening of the cunt. Now I know, I think chicks are now working to remove that, to shrink their labias or some shit like that that gives them this camel towing. Well, that's the biggest fucking mistake a chick could ever do in a million years because why? Because people, men especially, men mostly, like to see their camel toes in the front of their pants. Why would you fix something that ain't broken? It makes no sense. So as she's going out the door, she's careful where she walks because the shit is still coming down her legs. Her vaginal fluid, she said, I could come back later and clean that. Well, you know why she wants to come back later? Because she wants the full show. She doesn't want to be in a 10th row anymore with a cheap seat. She wants to move to the front row, and she wants the real action, which is Norm Augustinus' big fucking dick jammed into her fuckhole for hours and hours, endless fucking pleasure that doesn't end. What do they say, all night long? I'm telling you, it's going to be all night long. So we have this conversation about that. And I think this really went well. I said, wow. Man, this is a male lady. It's like an old milk truck story you hear about in the 40s or 50s. The milkmen fucking all the women, which is really true because I've read even it's happened with Amazon. I thought this was great. I never expected to blow out a coffee cup full of cum all over some mail postal carrier's fucking leather pouch, leather mail bag. I never expected that to happen. But that's how life is. You never expect it. You never know it. Most people, when they say never realize the biggest moments, the most important moments of their life, when they're happening, they're too stupid to recognize it. So she walks out the door. I tell her, great having you here and all that. Thanks for the mail. Have a good day. And she disappears. She goes down the dirt road. I see the dust. That's a residual. This moment we just had together was, I guess, some memory that I'll pull up one day when I'm in a fucking nuthouse, when I'm in a state-run mental institution, state-run fucking retirement home, when I'm there, because you won't support this fucking show, imbecile. You'd rather go listen to something that's going to tell you how great you are. You'd rather let them fool you into thinking you're going to be great and you want to believe them and support them, but you won't support your correspondent who's big here, been here longer than any motherfucker. I've been podcasting when they were first telling everybody and laughing at everybody and they were saying shit like this. People are sitting in their closet making a fucking recording? That's laughable. This is fucking kid stuff. I remember Stern or somebody saying that too. Now they're all in it making millions of fucking dollars and the people who started it, people like me, the six or seven people that were doing this with me and others, they ain't getting shit. They didn't do anything. We got a fucking server bill. A dusty-ass relic server, Bill. We got nothing. We got 1,000 people on some old-fashioned fucking spinning planter, 1,000 accounts, and they were in there somewhere. There you go. Don't be late. A fucking fee and a penalty, and you could lose it, and you figured Myers had gone. That's all the lasting fucking thing you've done to this fucking world. Thank you. So she leaves the house, and it's all good. I like it all. 
I go out and I start working on the boat. The next couple of days, I'm working on a fucking boat again out in the yard here. And I got the boat. It's a beautiful wooden boat. I've been working on the hull. It's got to be protected and got to be resanded and everything. Every goddamn year if you want to take care of it. Just the most gorgeous wooden boat you ever saw. If you're a chick, you're not a fat fucking whore. You're not some big mountain of pus. You're not fucking, maybe I might do an Indian. You're not a particular this or that race. I'm very selective on who I pump. If you're somebody and you have about a size three or a five, the old day, tiny ass and the big tits and long hair, I'm interested in you. But if you're some fat fucking whore with all kinds of political bullshit, all kinds of ideas infused into you by one dummy after another, big fucking squall of dummies in a line, don't come here. If you're a good-looking chick and you want to see this boat, come on up here if you're prepared to suck and fuck and maybe get a big hole torn into your panties where your cunt is by my goddamn sex hammer. Come on up here by all means. But don't come with an agenda. Come as a female only. That's all I want. Put it out there. That's it. Otherwise, go fuck off. So, I don't know, a week goes by. Two weeks go by. And... I get a fucking restraining order in the mail. I get it delivered by, a, not in the mail, by a, first a letter comes, then a U.S. Marshal comes to my door with a restraining order and asks me if I have any guns. I said, yeah, I got guns. I got fucking dozens of guns. I got Glocks. I got Mac-10s. You can fucking name it. I got all kinds of goddamn guns. I got a fucking point five five revolver. I got a fucking a wooden barrel filled with ammunition. He said, well, you're, you're going to have to get rid of that can't have that where they're straining or they said to him get the fuck out of here i'm not getting rid of anything get out of here now and i mean now hey yeah, he left he got out but i got this restraining order looked into the restraining order and it's the fucking mail carrier that i got off i got the mail carrier off i gave her an orgasm i played with her twat i gave her advice she smoked some fucking weed all this shit and then somehow when she went back to her house she felt somehow like she had been violated someone had talked to her best friend i don't know what it was whoever talked to her, whoever got to her changed her mind of all of that shit now she's back into romance instead of reality Except there was a reality of the restraining order. Now, I'm in town telling this story that you're hearing right now because I'm waiting to get a haircut. It's a, the tiniest place you ever saw. A woman runs it, and she understands men. She knows that she cannot be politically correct in a man's barber shop, or she'll have no fucking business. And I kind of like her, and I think she likes me. Chicks like me always... But then they try to make you something that you're not, and that's where the problems come in. They know what you were when you were when they met you, but they spend 40 years trying to turn you and convert you into their fucking kid's sister before you die. That's their whole goal, turn you into a bitch. So, I'm in the barber shop, and it's called Oak Something Barbers. I can't give you the whole name. You look it up or some shit like that, and I don't want any more problems. I'm in the barber shop, and I'm with a woman called Gwendolyn. Only they call her Dolin. And it's sort of funny, sort of a play of words, Dolin. I think everyone that comes in calls her Dolin. I just call her Doe. And I like to call her Doe because what's a pussy like? What's a tits like? It's like Doe. Hey, Doe. It's like I'm sexually having fun with her, bantering with her. Hey, Doe. How you doing, Doe? Gwendolyn. Hey, Doe. Yeah, Doe. Mmm. Mmm, Doe. Hey, Doe. Mmm. Oh, I'm a Doe. Oh, dope. Mm -hmm. So I'm in the barber shop, 
some old geezer leaves. And I'm telling the story to Doe at the barbershop. I'm going to call her Doe for you. I'm telling her the whole story. She said, wow, that really happened to him? I said, yeah. She said, what about the part of you playing with her vagina and her wet and you blowing your load onto her fucking leather U.S. mailbag? I said, yeah, that's all true, every bit of it. We were talking about romance. She was delivering a package at my fucking house. You know where I live, Doe. I said to her that. She said, huh, and you got a restraining order for that? I said, yes, I did. And I said, I'm kind of concerned about it. She's looking for money. She wants a lawsuit. She wants to sue me. I don't know what a sexual harassment, sexual... I don't really know exactly what it is. Nobody really knows what it is. Just something free that a bitch can file. See if it was a fee involved. Restraining orders, personal protection orders. There's no fucking fee involved. They're free, man. They didn't cost her nothing. She's got $2 in her fucking wallet. She lives in a shithole. They're absolutely fucking free. Every bitch in her world can fucking file one for nothing. That's why she filed. If it was $250, she wouldn't have filed fuck. We're talking about this, Doe and I. And as Doe's cutting my hair, she's got to go out for a second to get a smoke. That's another reason I like her. I don't care for smoker so much. I don't necessarily would, I wouldn't in any way stop a woman who was smoking from blowing me or me fucking her. Because I don't really care about it at that level. Just don't want to inhale it. She goes out to the front door. It's a glass door. It's got this beautiful old glass in the door. She has a couple smokes on her cigarettes. And she's smoking the cigarettes. Comes back. And while she's away, I take the hair that she's cut off my head. It's beautiful hair, by the way. I'm wearing shorts. Really short shorts. Because it shows off my dong. I have to snake it around. You ever see an ice cream? You go to an ice cream place like a Dairy Queen, and the swirl goes around like clockwise or counterclockwise until it comes to a fine tip, like someone's shit or something, you know. And th- and that's how my dick looks in my pants. While she's out there getting a smoke, Doe is smoking to try to carry her through the day, processing my story, my events, this tragedy, or whatever you want to call it that's happened to me. I stuff the hair from my head inside my my short legs, like pant legs, you know, the pant leg, where the shorts end on my thigh, I stuff my hair into that area on both legs. And I work on it really fast because now it looks like pubic hair. And once a chick, you turn her mind on, you turn her direction onto any area of sex, they're turned on. Their heart starts beating, their cervix hole starts opening, the fucking ovaries are there welcoming, and they're all having a good time. The juices start dripping, the vulva, the clits all throbbing, expanded. There's blood rushing to their fucking nipples, their eyes are daily. That's what happens each and every time. There's no exception. So when Doe comes back, we continue the conversation about this fucking restraining order from the post office lady who I was just trying to give pleasure. I mean, I pleasured her. Why would you want a restraining order? Why would you want to take me to court after I helped you come, after I whacked you off? I can smell smaller smash on my fingertips. And in fact, the one nail's loose. It's actually loose from the vaginal juices. That's the kind of power the vaginal juices have. Did you know that? I once had a woman sit on a rusted hunk of steel. It was a big, it was like an I-beam. And I had her sit on that, spread her legs, because I do all kinds of scientific experiments. And then I started sucking her tits and kissing her and deep kissing her, thrusting my tongue into her mouth and then playing with her ears so that I'd turn on her cunt and the juices would start dripping and they went onto this big steel I-beam. Would you believe, this is a truth, 
that the rusted area on that steel I-beam came off. It was beautiful, shiny steel, like it had just come out of the steel mill at the River Rouge plant down in Detroit, Michigan, where I used to live in Delray, Michigan. It just was shiny, brand-new fucking steel because her cunt juices ate up the fucking rust off the steel. That's the kind of power that that's, those cuntle juices have. I'm going to lose my finger. I can Let me smell my fingers. I can still smell the post office lady's pussy on my fingertips. I pleasured her, took this risk, had this damage, even the spot that hit the floor on the hardwood floors in my house. It took the fucking clear off of it. It took it. It was a clear acrylic. It took that right off right to the fucking old world pine, old mill pine, whatever they call it, old fucking pine. It took that off right to the goddamn pine. I took a risk. I took a chance at my health. I pleasured her. This isn't a joke, by the way. This is a fucking gimmick. This is 100% real. I'm not kidding about any of this shit. This isn't a stage show. This isn't a comedy act. This isn't some fucking thing that I'm doing in some nursing home for retards. I come in on Fridays on holidays and shit to entertain. It's nothing like that. So I tell this to Doe. Doe comes back. She starts cutting my hair. And as she's cutting my hair, she takes the electric shears. Now, when a woman has electric shears, you ever see them, you go into a barbershop, old school barbershop, they've got electric shears, they turn it on, they can shave your hair, they shave the back of your head. When they turn that on, it reminds them just of their dildo at home, and they get turned on. If you had any brain at all, you'd know this, and you would understand this, and you'd get pussy, you'd get truckloads of fucking pussy, unending pussy, pussy this summer, summer pussy you'd get. If you would listen to me one fucking time. As soon as they turn it on, their hair starts vibrating. It's like they're holding their dildo. It's old school stuff. They know this. It happens. They get turned on. Now, when she's trimming the back of my hair, she sees my fake pussy hair coming off my cunt. And she sees it packed into my shorts. And she thinks that's my real pussy hair. And she sits, get fucking turned on. She got, she's looking down, her eyes are dilated. I'm lucky she didn't cut my fucking ear off. She was so goddamn turned on, dough. So as we're cutting, she says, boy, that's a bad deal, Norm. Feel sorry for you. She said, I might be able to help you on that. Yeah, I said, you know, I hate that bitch. I, I've never hated anybody, and I can get over it right away because hate is so bad, it really can hurt you, slow you down. Interfere with all aspects of your life. I said, I hate, I've never hated anyone, but I hate this whore. I get her to come. I whack her off. She smokes my dope. She comes in my house. I give her free fucking advice. I'm getting mad right now thinking about it. And then she gets a restraining order on me, a personal protection order. Marshall comes in the house and then wants to take my guns. Get the fuck out of here, imbecile, shiny goddamn head. Got his big power badge on and his fucking steel-toed boots. Get out of here. I didn't tell him I had hand grenades from Vietnam because I spent 18 months, two tours in Vietnam. For a second, I thought of hand grenading his car before he left the fucking property. One, two, fucking pull the pin, gone. Baldy's gone with a shiny badge and helping some woman out. So she says, yeah, I can see that the pain you're having with this woman. I said, yeah, I am, though. I hate her. It's the only woman I wanted gone. I mean, I told her I know a half a dozen to a dozen ways to kill someone instantly and no one even knowing it. I've killed people in restaurants and they didn't even know it. They're sitting next to me and nobody around me knew it. They looked like they were fucking asleep. 
I've had it happen. Once went into a restroom, there were people in there fucking, and I had to go bad. I killed both of them while they were in there fucking in this Republic restroom at an old Sunoco gas station. It's unbelievable. There was a toilet plunger in there. I put the plunger in the woman's hand and stood her next to the toilet. And then I put the gun over to the right. There was a cleaning brush. I put the cleaning brush in his hand and put his hand in the sink and stood him up. And it looked like there were just people cleaning the fucking toilet. This is really something, man. I mean, they, they could make a fucking movie out of that, honestly. So Doe says to me, I can smell her cigarettes, but somehow it smells appealing because they're not straight cigarettes like a fucking whatever pack you'd smoke today for $12. They got like flavor in it, like a Tipperello or some shit like that. And she says, you know, how bad do you hate her? I said, I hate this bitch. And then she says, how bad do you hate her? I catch her looking down at my pussy hair coming out my cunt area that I stuffed inside my shorts. I catch her looking there and I think, oh no, I'm going to start fucking again because I'm so open. I'm so open to all things and they want to fuck her that horny. They're not thinking about families. They're not thinking about building wealth. They're not thinking of Tesla stock and portfolios. They're not thinking nothing like that shit. Compound interest. They don't care. They want dick because they can get it now. I said, yeah, I hate her, though. I'm sitting here with a fast heartbeat. I hate her. Gave her pleasure. I pleasure for endless fucking hours. It doesn't make any sense. She said, you know, I might be able to help you. I said, what do you mean, though? And right away I'm thinking... She got a fucking boyfriend as a hitman. She got his fuck. She's a hitman herself. She said, "I might be able to help you." She said, "You got him in." I said, "Yeah." When I stand up out of the seat, I'm not done with a haircut. She hasn't talcum powdered me or anything. I like that fucking talcum powder, that stuff they put on the back of your neck, and they use this brush, this horsehair brush around your neck, and this powder. This I don't know what it's called, horseman or horse something. But I like all that stuff. And she's not done. She says, "I might be able to help you." I said, "How?" She said, what's her name? And I told her her name. Oh, she said, yeah. Yeah, she says, I can help, I can help you. And I think, why does she know her name? Why does she think she can help me? Why haven't we finished my head with my fucking horse talc or whatever they call that and the brush and the finishing off and the straight razor with a hot, warm, hot fucking shaving cream? Why hasn't she finished me off? She said, I can, I think I can help you, Norm. She goes to the front door, locks the door on her bar, on Doe's barbershop. I can't tell you the name of it. I've told you too much already. And she puts the clothes sign up. I don't think it said clothes. I think it said lunch. Back in, it had a little clock on it. Back in so many minutes. I'm not sure. I think that's what it said. We go in the back of the barber shop. And she said, what was her name now? I said, blah, 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 blah. blah, blah. Fucking thing. I took, there's her name. Evelyn was, she said, yeah, I know her. And she goes into this thing on her, this little like metal box. Pulls out the thing. It's like an old Rolodex, only it's in a file cabinet way. She pulls out the thing, pulls a card out. The card has a number on it. And then she goes over to this area where there's these long, like, shelving units. I said, what's all, what's all that? And she pulls out this plastic thing, puts the plastic thing. It's like a container, like a Tupperware container that you store stuff in your fridge or in your closet, like in your kitchen closet, and you've had your macaroni, your spaghetti, dry stuff that you'd put into it. She puts it on a table. She said, this is fucking Evelyn so blank so-and-so's. I almost told your last name. This is Evelyn's hair. And she says, I have it. She's had her hair cut here. She said, as you know, I'm the only one in town here. I cut both women and men's hair. And she says, I've cut her hair. I said, wow, that's interesting. 
kind of odd. I said, like a fetish or something. She said, no, 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 more like, more like a kind of witchcraft, more like voodoo. I said, witchcraft and voodoo, what, what do you mean, doll? She said, well, I have everybody's hair probably within the, within this county. They've all eventually come here and I saved their hair. I said, you mean like saving Elvis's hair to sell it online or sell it and say it was Elvis's hair or whoever's famous person's hair, Abraham Lincoln's hair. What are you talking about? You have hair. She said, well, I've been practicing or been gifted with an ability to use hair and have an outcome favorable with the hair. She said, would you like a favorable outcome with regards to Evelyn? I said, yeah, doe, I want a favorable outcome. I, I don't want a restraining order. I don't want court action. How do I explain to them? How do I prove to them that I simply whacked her off and she gave me a hand job and I blew my fucking Mazola corn oil all over a goddamn carrier bag? How would I, well, how do I go from there? Where do I, how do I get out of this? She can say anything. She's a mail carrier. I'm not like this fucking weirdo on a hundred acres with an ultralight aircraft. A lot of dope. She says, well, I'll tell you what, Norm. If you were to pay me, she gave me the amount. If you were to pay me this amount, she said, I can promise you, this sounds like some kind of movie. I can promise you that Evelyn, mm, I can't tell your last name, will not give you any more trouble. The problem will be solved. But we have to swear oath. When you see what happens happen, you'll realize that I could turn the tide and turn it reverse and use it on you. I said, no, you're starting to scare me. I kind of liked you, but now you're starting to scare me. Is that a threat? She said, no, not a threat. It's a transaction. It's a business transaction thing. So I say to her, so what you're saying is I give you this and this other issue disappears. I said, what, you have friends at the courthouse or something or the with the county building? Do you have friends with that? She said, no, not really. But she said, I do have the hair of everybody and I've taken advantage of the hair of everybody. And as you know, I've been pretty successful up here and she has she's been very successful she's well known she owns she owns a lot of acres she's got a lake on her property she said you know it's really worked out for me but i can solve this issue for you with uh i think she said with extreme prejudice and i'm trying to draw on this what she told me exactly like some military term that i would hear when i was in the fucking vietnam the 18 months in vietnam i was a door gunner in a fucking huey helicopter 600 fucking rounds a minute a Bell helicopter. It was absolutely fucking incredible. I, door gunner. I mean, just love the job. And they took a lot of people out. So I say, okay, I'd go for that. I said, if this so-called problem doesn't go away, would you refund my money? Refund the money. She said, yes, I can do that for you, Norm. I'll do that one time, only one time only. I said, yeah, sure, I'm interested. And she said, okay, let's let's do this. So I give her the money, and she keeps that plastic case out on the table, Evelyn's hair, because she's cut her hair there before. And I go back to the seat, and Doe and I just start talking. Now, I can't help but be preoccupied with what we just did. It doesn't even seem real. It seems phony. It seems fake. Excuse me. Wait a second here. i got to fix this. Just lost the... All right. It seems phony. It seems fake. But she finishes up my hair. She uses the Clubman talc powder. I think it's called Clubman talc powder on the back of my neck. She's got a horse hair brush. She does that. She uses a straight razor for the remaining hairs by my neck. And it's warm fucking shaving cream. I liked it all. I paid her the money. And 
in with regards to the haircut and the money that I paid her. It was one fee right there. She took my card, scanned it. You know how that works. With a fucking card reader, you know, they, you know, you're charging it, imbecile. You fucking, with your debit card or your credit card, like you do. So this is the funny part. Now this is the odd part. It's the strangest thing. The woman that was going to give me the restraining order, that gave me the restraining order, the marshal delivered it, asked me about all my fucking guns, the woman that I got off, the woman that we had a fucking conversation about romance and all that other bullshit when I was playing with her camel toes and coming and juices squirting out and all that shit and my load going out and she had my 15.5 pounds of dick in her hand, I don't let every bitch have that. That's a privilege to be able to touch and hold and grasp onto Norm Augustinus's cock. Every bitch wants it. I don't care who it is. I know it's 15.5 pounds of dick. I think you might know it too because I had a friend that was a cocaine salesman years ago. He's dead now. He used to sell coke, just shitloads of cocaine, by putting the coke on his shoulders and disguising it as dandruff. Fuck, he could walk in with 10 ounces of coke on his shoulders and people would dismiss it as cocaine, I mean as dandruff, and he'd get in it anywhere, anytime. He had two kids. He used to put the cocaine on their shoulders, 4, 5, 10, 16 ounces on their shoulder of coke. I don't know, 15 grams, 20 grams of coke, 50 grams of coke on their shoulders, on the kids' shoulders too. People just thought his family had lots of dandruff issues, but he died. And... He once allowed me to weigh my dick on his fucking cocaine scale. It wasn't a digital scale like today. It was a mechanical scale for measuring cocaine. He said, yeah, you can put your dick on that scale, Norm. He was fucking cutting his coke. He was putting baby powder, talcum powder in it, fucking all kinds of shit into this cocaine to cut it. Confectioner sugar. It was in the coke. They didn't know any difference. They're dancing and laughing, tits bouncing up and down, flashing fucking lights. You put flashing lights with a bitch, mere balls and laughing and all kinds of thinking of dick and wet panties. They didn't know what the fuck they were sneezing, what they were snorting, fucking bone ammy fucking comet cleanser. They didn't know. He says, yeah, Norm, go ahead. A good friend of mine, I've known you for years. Put your dick on the cocaine scale. I always tell, add this conosil too. I always say this every time I tell this. He said, you know, but if there's any coke residue on your ball sack or on your dick, I'm going to have to lick it off. Now, the one time that happened, his sister was there, so she licked my balls and my dick, too, to get the coke off. It was great. Had he not been there, I could have banged out his sister's pussy and looked tight, too. She was tight all the way around. I mean, you can't lick somebody's balls in her dickhead and get the coke off. Now you're getting coked up. Now you got your dick in her mouth, the balls in her mouth, and you're ready to fuck. I couldn't fuck her because he was there. I can't fuck in front of the brother. Well, the sister's there. I can't eat her out and shit. I can't split her seam with my Abraham Lincoln log fucking splitter, can I? No. That'd be uncomfortable, wouldn't it? So I put my dick on there on his mechanical scale. The scale bottomed out. I could hear the clunk to this day, the metal on metal hitting. And it said it weighed 15.5 pounds. That's how big my dick is. Sometimes I just grab my dick just for reassurance. Sometimes if I feel threatened or someone's come at me or I feel weak or vulnerable for whatever particular instance or reason, I look down at my dick and I see this giant fucking menacing machine and I think, why would you feel weak? Why would you feel insecurity? Look at that fucking monster. Look at your pile driver. You could fucking put that dick into some corporation to do pile driving. Look at that dick. You got nothing to worry about, nothing to fear. What's God, they say? All things fade away except him. 
Do not worry what the sparrow fucking eats. He goes around flying all day. Doesn't know what will eat tomorrow. And yet he, he's fed every day by the Lord. And I think that and I look at my big dick. So I go home and I think about this woman. I leave the place and I'm thinking about fucking dough and the nonsense I did with her. And I think she says, if this problem isn't cleared up, I get the money back anyways. So I didn't lose anything. She's an honest businesswoman. She thinks she can do something. I don't know what, a spell, a curse, a hoax, witchcraft. I'm not sure what she's aligned with or what she thinks she can do. But I hated this woman. I've never been so unhappy and filled with such anger, a burning anger inside me. This bitch really wound me up and needed to be unwound. And I thought, well, what the hell? That wasn't a lot of money. She says she can solve the problem, and I'm figuring she knows somebody at the courthouse, at the county building, something like that, and she's going to get this thing yanked because it's a very small area where I live, upper northern Michigan, small fucking town. It's so small that this is no lie. The women that are in this town, they've all heard of me, and they all want my cock in their ass. They all want my cock in their mouth. They want my cock between their tits. They want my cock in their anus. They want it in their vagina. They want it in their kid's anus. They just want my dick around them because of the reputation and who I am. They want it. They want a sample. I mean, how do you think fucking Tupperware got so big? Tupperware used to go door to door. That's how they sold that shit. And they'd give you a trial sample. They'd give you the Tupperware. It's the same thing. You couldn't say no then. You loved it. It's the same thing. They want a sample. They want it. They want the Tupperware in their ass. And the Tupperware is my dick. They want me to come to their door. It'd be easy peasy. Unlike you. Unlike you, imbecile. So, I don't know. What, the, what is this, Saturday? I couldn't do this thing Friday. This is Saturday, right? We're talking Saturday right now here. So, on Friday, when I couldn't do the recording, I couldn't do it for a reason. Because I was absolutely gobsmacked on something that happened. Shocked. I was absolutely fucking blown away by something that happened. In the paper, there's got a little tiny paper here called The Advisor. And it has all the local news in it. Local news happenings. It has drunk drivers in there. Problems with boats. Boats that have sunk. Boats that have gone missing. ATVs that have been stolen. Boats that have been stolen. All kinds of tragedies that happen because you live in Michigan. And it's an outdoor state that people take advantage of all things outdoor. Climbing trees. Building tree houses. Using ATVs. Going out in boats. Fishing. Hunting. All kinds of things. So I'm looking through the thing on Friday. The advisor paper. And the advisor paper in one of the columns says that local fucking mail carrier, Evelyn, mm, I can't tell your name, beep, I can't tell you, was found that her, her mail carrier truck, she had hit a tree or a stump, and her body went through the fucking windshield, perfect hole, and they found her, I don't know what it said, 100 feet from the mail carrier truck. She was dead. She and her fucking bag, with the bag that had my cum on it, the bag was still around her neck when they found her a hundred feet from her mail carrier truck, and she was dead. They don't know why she had the telephone telephone pole or a tree or a stump. It wasn't totally clear. And she was gone. She was dead. Evelyn was dead. The lady who got the restraining order on me 
was gone, the personal protection order, and I whacked her off. I played with her fuckhole, a creationary fucking cylinder on the gun. That's what the cunt is. You're spinning the cylinder on your fucking revolver. That's what a cunt is. It's a fucking one. It's an, a vacant area that a bullet is not in. A bullet is your dick. Works the same way with a dick out, though, on you. And she was gone. I got her off. I whacked off. I pulled my dick out. I hammered my fuck stump in front of her. I don't do that for everybody. It's kind of a private thing. You can't walk around with your stump out, and you just can't. I laugh today. Men who want to be women, they're tying their dick around and laying it in the crack of their ass so they can come off as a woman. I've been doing something like that for years. I've had to put my dick down my leg area, and a friend of mine made a leather holster for it so that I could put my dick into it because your dick really is a weapon. It's a bigger weapon than any other gun. The damage it can cause psychologically and spiritually and physically I've been putting my dick down my leg like that for a long fucking time. I look like Quick Draw McDraw because my dick is so fucking big, I just start laughing at that. But Evelyn, my problem, the restraining order, this isn't something to brag about. I'm not pleased with it, and it's probably total coincidence. It's probably total bunk. But I sit here today with you as a free fucking man. A free man. I'm talking free Physically, I'm talking free. Spiritually, I'm talking free. Completely unhemmed up. A computer, a brain that has no restrictions, no clamps, no self-imposed fucking barbed wire, nothing. Totally fucking free. Because of some type of thing that happened. Evelyn in her fucking mail truck, and I'm not sure what happened. Said she went through the windshield, they found her 100 feet from the fucking truck, the mail carrier bag was around her, and she's dead. If you think I'm kidding you, if you want validation to this story, look it up. You'll find it. They don't know what it was. Her eyes rolled back, she looked like fucking The Exorcist with Linda Blair. The movie. Eyes rolled back, there she laid, perfect hole through the windshield, I don't know how it happened. I can tell you this, I got out of that. I dodged a bullet. I don't know if it was Doe had anything to do with it. But I was hoping Doe would fail so I could get my money back. Less 3%, by the way. She gets to keep 3% if she refunds it. Just out of the fucking goodwill act or something like that, she told me. But I didn't. I wouldn't have got 3%. But Evelyn is dead. But I still have the memories of us. I still have the idea, the, the workings of being able to ponder the idea that somehow Doe the barber, who collects everybody's hair when she cuts it, like some kind of fucking fanatic fan for someone who walked in who was big and important, collects all this fucking hair. And I start to wonder, and I'm wondering now, and I've been wondering for days as I've been on and off wasted in my Argo Frontier six-wheel drive ATV out in the woods with no clothes on, just my fucking cape around my neck, I'm wondering... How much Doe has had, her involvement has had repercussions. How much of the the city, the county, Doe is actually in charge of? She has some kind of, possibly, some kind of power, some kind of secret thing, which I never would have believed in in a million years. It sounds silly for me to even say that. But my problem solved. As I sit here, and I look to the left, and I see my ashtray, and I've got a Pinconning Paralyzer, big fucking cube here, 
and I'm getting ready to throw the cube pecaning paralyzer onto the Teflon fucking frying pan that's laying atop my stove, and I'm going to turn the stove on, heat the pan up, and put the pecaning paralyzer in it. The biggest, deepest plume of fucking marijuana infused, this THC fucking floating around out of the pan you've ever seen. It's so dense, it looks like Jeannie coming out of her fucking bottle, the old 60s show. That's how dense the smoke is and how inviting the smoke is. I mean, if anybody looked like Jeannie and was pink, dense smoke, and she, I'd be really excited coming out of that bottle, man. Always. And every time. But she's dead. But I have the memories. I could see her stupor on her face. I could see her miss a track or something, jump off the train tracks for a moment. Her eyes are dilated. She's just standing there, frozen, after she came after you ever see a mail carrier come you ever see a mail carrier in like these blue shorts look like polyester they have a little cuff on them too these like not light blue but mixed between light and blue light and dark you ever see a mail carrier her torso shaking as she's coming as she's standing in your house with her special walking shoes on, her post office approved walking shoes with a steel toe. Have you ever seen a mail carrier come in your room, in your house? While she's holding on to a fucking mail carrier bag made out of leather or artificial leather. I don't know what it is. Ever seen that? No. Have you ever been whacked off by a mail carrier? Your giant dick. I looked down. I couldn't believe it. I didn't know what it was. I thought for a minute she was holding on to something like a fucking personal protection club or something. It was my dick. It was so big. Thank God it was a sort of pink. That's what white people are, pink. It was a sort of a pink club, but it was my dick. And when I connected that, that's when I was able to release my payload onto her fucking mail carrier bag. You know, you give and you give and you give. The world is a mystery. You don't know anything about it. You don't know the powers that people could have. Joe, help me out. I got a haircut, and my problem was solved. Evelyn is dead. I don't know what happened. You don't have any idea how thick a windshield is on a mail carrier truck in America. They're like an inch fucking thick, and then they're supposed to be unbreakable with some plastic on each side of it. She went right through it. They found her phone, too, I guess. I did some research like another 40 feet from her, and the phone was talking to somebody, and I think that somebody was an attorney or the fucking courthouse or something like that. She may have been laughing. She may have set me up talking on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got the restraining order out, and uh, I'm getting ready for the fucking kill. I'm emotionally dissolved. I'm emotionally disturbed. I don't know if I can ever recover from the repercussions, the fucking sheer tidal wave of this, the maximum proportions that have dis disturbed me so deeply. I'm going to have to fucking sue, but first I got to goddamn get a restraining order. How are we doing on that? Oops. That's her brakes. I don't know if brakes can make a sound like that on dirt. But she's gone. My fee was well worth it. Could have been a coincidence. I don't know. I don't usually do fucking science fiction. Could have been a coincidence. Could have. I don't know what it was. But it could have been dough. She sounded that so sure of herself. That's how it is in life, I guess. If you un un have unshakable faith and believe without a doubt, no one can sway you. You have the power. I think Christ tried to tell us that in the Bible. 
Don't let anybody talk, don't talk you what I just did, or it'll break whatever I just did to you. And you'll have it back. Unshakable faith. Give me just a second, will you? That's what it was. <coughs> now I'm interested in dough. Now I'm starting to pop a rod in this recording thinking of dough. <coughs> what she may or may not have done for me. At the very least, I got a haircut. At the very least, I had good female fingers running through my head and touching my scalp. And that in itself is worth something, is valuable. Females are the right hand to God. When she's cutting my hair, I'm closer to the Lord than I'll ever fucking be. And Evelyn is gone. You've been listening to the one and only My dick is enormous. There is no escape. We meet at the big clock. In cyberspace, it's dark out there in cyberspace. It's scary out there in cyberspace. You're out there in cyberspace. You're frozen with fear. You don't know what to do. You're looking up. You're looking down. You're looking to the right. You're looking to the left. It's windy out. You don't know what to do. You're frozen. Till eventually and quite abruptly, you hear this distant chiming clock in the background. And you follow the chiming clock until it gets louder and louder and louder. Eventually bringing you upon this brightly illuminated place in cyberspace. There's thousands of people there. They're holding hands. They're smiling. They've been waiting for you. There's that thing that brought you to this place in the first place. It's a tower. A hundred, hundred and fifty feet tall, brown bricks, tan mortar. Way at the top of this tower is a glass bezel. It's a clock. It's backlit. And above this is this chimey bell-like thing that brought you to this place in the first place. And you know why you're at this place in the first place. You're here to clear out your pains, your frustrations, your aches, your woes, your disappointments, your hurts. The person that died on you, the ramen noodles, you're sick of eating, the credit cards you can't pay off, the apartment you can't pay for, the house you think you'll maybe never own, the bitch who left you, the guy who left you. You're here to clear all those pains and frustrations out. And how do we do that? Well, the moment you heard my voice, you were instantly and automatically filled up with this highly absorbent orange-colored solution. It's been inside your body, sloshing about this entire recording. And now, at the end of this recording, we lie you gently down, we pop the corks in your toes, and all of that highly absorbent orange-colored solution comes gushing out of your body. Look at it. It's forming a small mini lake alongside you. It's orange colored. It's rusty. It stinks. It's toxic. We shake your feet getting out the last drops of highly absorbent orange colored solution and replace the corks in your toes. You can't believe how good you feel. You feel like you could go on another second, another minute, another day, another hour, another year. Maybe infinitely. It doesn't matter that a friend of yours is making $250,000 a year and lives in a $700,000 house. It doesn't matter that another friend of yours has got the best looking bitch you've ever seen. 
or another friend of yours has the best looking dude you've ever seen. None of that shit matters. All that matters is how good you feel right now. You know you can feel this good anytime you want to. Anytime you're in duress. Anytime you feel like you can't go on another second. All you gotta do is think of the big chiming clock in cyberspace where you meet your pal, your friend, Norm Augustinus. And instantly and almost automatically you feel refreshed and clear. You know the best part of this recording, the most important part of this recording, at least to me, is that for one hour, we were friends. Friend, I enjoyed myself. I hope you did too. Write me, normaugustinus at gmail.com. Tune in again for another exciting episode from the amazing mind of Norm Augustinus. Dear Lita, how are you? The other day I was walking alongside I-75 and I stumbled across a pair of women's used panties. I examined the panties closely using an old mummified tampon that I found and I noticed that lots of magic mushrooms were growing out of the heavily soiled cotton ventilated panel of the panties. The panties were chocked full of dried cum and there was a ratty round hole torn into the crotch and asshole area of the panty likely caused by a rock hard thrusting dick but there were magic mushrooms lita psilocybin lots and lots of magic shrooms an ounce of shrooms goes for about two hundred dollars there was a few thousand dollars in shrooms growing out of the crotch of those abandoned panties lita i have an idea women in america discard billions of pairs of soiled cum panties every year if i could get those discarded panties i could could make a fortune selling magic mushrooms from the soiled crotches of dumped women's panties. I've never seen shrooms grow so plentiful and so nutty big. Lita, shrooms love growing in American women's soiled cum panties. It's the secret to huge shroom yields, and only I know this thanks to my walkabout along I-75. Lita, all I need is a few acres, a burlap bag full of shroom seeds and a five-yard dump truck filled with old unwanted stretched out female cum panties i'm going to make a fortune i have to go i ate a half a meatloaf at my stepsister's house and now i have to shit real bad Love, Norman. P.S. I bumped into your big-titted little sister at the county fair that is currently in the Target store parking lot. Your big-titted little sister and I went into the haunted house while we were seated in the car that moves on tracks through the haunted house. Your big-titted little sister blew me, and while she was blowing me, I pulled off your big-titted little sister's shirt, brassiere, shorts, and panties, and I licked her enormous sweaty jugs as I wildly fingered her throbbing blood-engorged clitoris. A robotic campy ghost hovered above us as our tracked car went up the stairs of the haunted house. When I pulled my cock out of your big-titted little sister's tight pussy, I shot my load into the air and it went into the ghost's chest-mounted audio speaker and it must have shorted something out because whatever the ghost was saying did 
didn't make any sense. It was a huge cum load, Lita. Before the ride was over, your big-titted little sister fucked herself with the corn dog she was given by the haunted house ride attendant. And when she came, I took a bite of the corn dog and I threw the rest of the corn dog at the family seated in the car behind us. When the dripping wet corn dog hit their twin teenage daughters in their faces, the corn dog made a loud splat sound and the twins kept yelling, Something stinks. And I smell pussy. Over and over. Attention haunted house attendees, please do not throw a corn dog that has been submerged and soaking in your pussy at other guests that are trying to enjoy the haunted house ride. That is all. This haunted house ride is scary. Make the ghosts go away by hammering your cock into my pussy. We can mop up the cum with my uneaten elephant ear and afterward we can get some cotton candy. When you're walking down the halls and your balls hit the walls, it's a rupture.